0: Hello podcast listeners, we got a lot to cover today and so we got a, there's just so much going on in the news currently and there might not be enough time to cover it all today, but we're going to try our best to cover everything that we need to talk about in today's podcast. We're going to first talk about Tesla today, then we're going to be able to get into a little bit about the global supply stress that's apparently happening and along with potential and how this ties in with a potential recession in the making we're then also going to be talking about the housing market and the housing market i believe is tied a little bit to lows so we'll have to talk a little bit about lows with that as well and we'll end today's podcast by talking about more about oil and what is going on there because things are starting to happen in the oil markets a little bit and it should cause a little bit of concern in the making if you are someone who drives a lot so With that being said, guys, I have to remind you all that I am not a financial advisor in any way, shape, or form. Everything I talk about on this podcast is for entertainment purposes. Please go talk to your own financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Everything on this podcast is for entertainment purposes and for information only. That being said, let's begin with today's podcast. Tesla cut from S&P 500 ESG index and Elon Musk tweets his fury. An S&P Dow Jones industry in, De- in Dice, executive told Reuters on Wednesday, it has removed the electric car maker Tesla Inc. from the widely followed S&P 500 ESG index because of the issues including claims of radical discrimination and crashes linked to the autopilot vehicles. And Tesla CEO Elon Musk responded with a harsh tweets including that ESG is a scam. It is in changes affected May 2nd. The sustainability Index also added soon to be Musk controlled Twitter Inc. and oil refinery Phillips 66, while dropping Delta Airlines and Chevron Corp, according to an announcement. The back and forth over the index change reflects a wider debate about the metrics used to judge corporate performance on environmental, social, and governments. ESG issues a growing area of investing. Tesla has become the most valuable auto industry company by pioneering EVs and expanding into battery storage for electric grids and solar power systems. Factors contributing to its departure from the index include Tesla's lack of published details related to its low carbon strategy or business conduct codes, said Margaret Dorn, S&P Dow Jones um, in Dices, head of ESG in Dices for North America, in an interview. I have a hard time believing that. I mean, for crying out loud, Tesla is supposed to be like this up and coming company that's supposed to be the future. And they sh- it-, it should have already met these, I mean, quote unquote, demands that they're making because... Even in a tweet from Elon, Musk tweeted that Exxon is rated top 10 best in the world for environmental, social, and governance by the S&P 500, while Tesla didn't make the list. ESG is a scam. It has been weaponized by phony social justice warriors. Now, remember, a year ago, if I'm not mistaken, and we talked about this in past podcasts, a year ago, Exxon got virtually taken over, okay? And... When Exxon got taken over, they put three new people on the board of directors that were supposed to help with helping the environment. Okay, so why is Exxon still on there? Don't know. Potentially too, if you think about it, a lot of Tesla issues have started appearing ever since Elon has been making a push to get into Twitter or to take over Twitter. It seems like the, this is the backlash that we've been somewhat w- looking for. Could be just the theory currently right now. But according to a lot of people, ExxonMobil is not the future. I mean, if you read comments on uh, YouTube or Instagram or whatever it is, and anything has to do with Exxon, you read a lot of people say like, oh, Exxon's a dead energy source and we need to go more green energy and all that stuff. And yet they're pulling Elon Musk out. I mean, even right now, there is a, according to... um, Rudders in Washington, U S agency opens probe into fatal Tesla vehicle crash that killed three. Okay. Granted, maybe Tesla is having that issue as well, but you have to remember Elon actually once told people in an interview when they asked him like, why don't you have a diverse board? And Elon's response was I work for the U S government and you have to get background checks and you have to be an American citizen technically to work for the U S government, especially if it's top secret projects okay so what's this really about who knows i have a feeling it has nothing to do with the car crash it just has probably something to do with the fact that elon is speaking out on a lot of issues currently right now because even right now it i mean this article is saying that for the tesla car crashes that have died recently it says that the crash involved a 2022 model uh, uh tesla model s That slammed into the construction equipment in Newport Beach last week is one of 35 under investigation by the U.S. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration involving Tesla vehicles in which advanced driver assistance systems like Autopilot were suspected of being um, used since 2016. A total of 14 crash deaths have been reported in those Tesla investigations, including the three recent um, fatalities. I mean, who knows what's really going on with Elon at the end of the day. But the fact that they kicked out his company when it's supposed to be this up and coming green energy company is still kind of a shock to the system currently right now. So we should keep an eye on that. I mean, I don't think this is going to be done anytime soon because they're growing concerns with Tesla is investors concerned about issues likely diversity climate change have poured billions of dollars into funds using ESG criteria to pick stocks, prompting debate about how affected the funds promote change on whether they push companies to too much on issues that should be settled by government policy and technically tesla is supposed to be this green company so keep an eye on that for that guys because i mean it doesn't make any sense currently and so we'll have to keep an eye on and hopefully we can report a little bit more on that later going forward now global supply stress worsened in april new york feds index shows Stress on the global supply chain worsened in April as the coronavirus lockdown measures in China and the war in Ukraine lengthened delivery times and air freight costs between the United States and Asia rose. The New York Federal Reserve reported in its latest update to a worldwide index of supply problems. The rise in the index partially reversed the easing of supply problems seen in the previous four months. And if it continues, potentially means more persistent inflation, even as the central bank struggled to control rising costs. Quote, The estimate suggesting that the moderation we have observed in recent months have been partially reserved as lockdown measures in China and the geopolitical developments are putting further strains on delivery times and transportation costs in China and the euro area. A team of New York Fed Economics wrote about the April release of the regional bank's global supply chain pressure index. The index incorporated data of on shipping costs, delivery times, backlogs, and other statistics that have single measure compared to historical norms. It rose sharply in February of 2020 as the coronavirus spread and governments imposed restrictions to contain it and has remained elevated since. Before I had started this podcast, I had been reading a lot about supply chain issues and I, and now it's here. I mean, it's happening across the board. You, you, it's just going to keep getting worse potentially. Okay. Because I mean, there's a baby formula shortage. Like we've talked about the supply chain is being affected in some way, shape or form. And these are going to be interesting times going forward because if the supply chain keeps this up, I mean, I still feel like we're in the middle of a recession currently right now. I believe the recession happened a while ago and no one's talking about it, but here's the other thing too. Even right now, companies are starting to report this. Wells Fargo sees end of the year U.S. recession, cuts GDP view. Wells Fargo investment institutions said on Wednesday, it reduced its economic expectations with a mild U.S. recession now on the horizon in the base case scenario for the end of 2022 and early 2023, making it one of the more bearish big U.S. banks. Goldman Sachs, by comparison recently, calculated the odds of a recession at 15% for the next year and 35% for the next two years. Morgan Stanley's latest research shows a 25% probability for a recession starting in the next 12 months. Bank of America Corp. most recently said it sees recession risk as low for now, but elevated for 2023. Wells Fargo Research Arms also cuts its year-end 2022 domestic Uh, Products or GDP growth target to 1.5% from 2.2% and cuts its year-end 2023 target to a decline of 0.5% from its previous expectation for GDP growth of 0.4%. It forecast a peak to trough contraction of 1.3% for three quarters. This will compare with the pandemic, including 10% uh, contractions in 2020 with 3.8% fall in 2020 in the 2008-2009 financial crisis and a 0.1% dip in 2001 with a 1.4% drop in 1990/1991. While the first quarter 2022 economic contractions was due primarily to strong imports and inventory changes, Wells Fargo noted that the consumer activity has weakened since then. Okay? I I I like I said I believe we're already in the recession currently right now. And I think a lot of people are not really talking about it. I mean, This reminds me a lot of 2008 currently right now. I mean, with gas prices going up, not a whole lot of... I mean, there's supply chain issues. I mean, I don't remember the supply chain issues as much in 2008. I do remember the gas situation, though, because I was in high school at the time. But it just seems like there's a lot of issues currently happening right now. And no one seems to be talking about this. I mean, sometimes you can hear the ships out in the sea near California and you can hear them it sounds like there's a lot of ships that are still not in going into the ports currently right now could be wrong but it just seems like the there's just supply chain issues across the board and it just feels like we're in the middle of a current recession right now so take what you will with it like I said these are just my opinions at the end of the day Now, on to the next thing, U.S. housing market cooling as building permits tumble starts fall. Permits for future U.S. home buildings tumbled to a five-month low in April, suggesting that housing market was slowing as rising mortgage rates contribute to reduced affordability for entry-level and first-time buyers. But the report for the Commerce Department on Wednesday also showed a record backlog of houses still to be constructed, indicating the moderation in home building would be marginal. Home building was already being constrained by soaring prices as well as shortages of material. The housing market is the sector of the economy most sensitive to interest rates, while building permits a leading indicator for the sector. Quote, housing construction appears to be undergoing a transition. While the sector uh, caught between sharply rising mortgage rates and declining affordability, affordability, on one hand, the supply chain constraints on the other that continue to result uh, in rising backlogs Backlogs of projects, said Conrad de Cadros, senior economics advisor at Bren Capital in New York. Building permits dropped 3.2% to a seasonal adjustment annual rate of 1.819 million units in April, the lowest level since last November. They rose 3.1% on the year on year basis. Economics, polled by Reuters, had forecast building permits would decrease to a rate of 1.812 million units. The decline was uh, concentrated in single family housing segments where permits pledged 4.6% to a rate of 1.110 million units, the lowest level since last October permits for building and with five units or more fell only 0.6% to a rate of 650, 656,000 units. A survey on Tuesday showed that the National Association of Home Builders, Wells Fargo housing market index dropped to the lowest level in nearly two years in May. Builders blame the fifth straight monthly decline in sentiment on soaring prices for building materials as well as rapidly rising mortgage rates. Okay. Last month, it was a hot, it was a hot housing market. Okay. And now apparently it's starting to cool off a little bit. I I don't know what to believe. I kind of believe it. It kind of is cooling off because I mean, Lowe's did report numbers yesterday and Home Depot as well, I believe. And, This is what Lowe's is currently saying because Lowe's can kind of give us an idea. At least Lowe's a little bit is more of building, like people will do projects on their own homes a little bit. They are trying to dip a little bit into the uh, Home Depot model, which is to help with building homes and stuff too. But Lowe's gives us an idea of what's happening. Lowe's sales disappoint as cooler April dampens outdoor goods demands. Lowe's uh, reported a bigger than expected drop in same storage sales on Wednesday. As people um, cocooned at home during the cold and wet April, spent less on seasonal goods such as grills and patio furniture. The unseasonal cold weather piled more pressure on U.S. home improvement chains, striving to boost revenue following the double-digit quarterly sales growth seen earlier in the stages of the pandemic. The late arrival of spring led to seasonal categories, posting a double-digit decline in same-store sales at larger rival Home Depot Inc., while top U.S. retailer Walmart also flagged a hit in patio furniture sales. Lowe's overall same-store sales decreased 4% in the first quarter compared with expectations for a 2.5% decline. Sales also suffered a knock as Lowe's dominated do-it-yourself customers' returned to offices. Because 75% of our customer base is do-it-yourself, our Q1 sales were uh, disproportionately impacted by the cooler spring temperatures, Chief Executive Martin Ellison said. Seasonal goods accounts for 35% of Lowe's first quarter meaning the cooler weather will impact a nearly 2,000 store change more than it affects Home Depot. I, I don't believe that one bit because it says here a little bit, Home Depot executives sit on Tuesday. More customers would buy mowers, patio furniture, and grills in the current quarter on pent-up demand. I don't believe that one bit right now. I mean, Lowe's reaffirmed his outlook in fiscal 2022. Home Depot, in contrast, increases annual forecast after posting a surprise in quarterly sales on demand from professionals, including builders and handyman. See, this is where things get confusing. Home Depot is saying that there's, there was a demand for professionals, including builders and handyman. But Lowe's is somewhat in that as well. I mean, Lowe's is mostly do-it-yourself projects, but what's really going on? Is the housing market cooling? Is it that... Uh, these companies, maybe they're seeing things that we don't. I mean, obviously, Home Depot is going to give us a better idea about what's really happening in the housing market currently. I mean, if Home Depot's saying like, yeah, there's professionals, including builders and handyman, coming in, then maybe the housing market isn't cooling as much. Maybe people can't afford it as much because of inflation. But I mean, I, I have a hard time believing a lot of this stuff. I mean... Companies are going to say what they need to say sometimes in order to get investors excited about the future. And maybe we need to start using Home Depot as the the model to figure out what's going on. I mean, Lowe's is still a good indicator, too, because it gives us an idea of the average consumer and what they're spending on if they're doing projects at home. But at the end of the day, to know what's going on in the housing market, we need to like starting today, we have to try to pay attention as much as we can to Home Depot. Home Depot is going to give us an idea of what's really going on in the housing market. And that's going to give us an idea of potentially what's going to happen. But this last one will make your skin crawl a little bit. And if you've stayed this long, I think this will be the most useful information because this will definitely affect the housing market no matter what. Households are now spending an estimated 5,000 a year on gasoline. This was reported yesterday. Okay. U.S. households are now spending the equivalent of 5,000 a year on gasoline, up from 2,000 a year ago, according to Yardini Research. In March, the annual rate of gasoline spending was 3,800, Yardini noted. During the week of May 16th, the national retail price for gasoline reached a record $4.59 per gallon, the firm said. No wonder that the customer sentiment index is so depressed. The wonder is that retail sales have been so surprisingly strong during April and May, Yardini said in a note. Yardini said, consumers' inflation-adjusted incomes are barely growing, but they have accumulated a lot of savings. They are charging more on credit cards. That's not good. Why are we getting into more debt, I guess? But Yardini said, don't bet against the U.S. consumer. When we are happy, we spend money. When we are depressed, we spend even more money. No, when we are depressed, we get into debt. That's not a good thing, okay? Like, literally, that's the dumbest thing. Are Are you kidding me? They're saying... They have accumulated a lot of savings and they're charging more on credit cards. I don't believe we have a lot of savings right now across the board. And if we do, it's getting eaten up by inflation currently right now. Gosh, some of these, sometimes these people, when they write these articles, retail sales data for April release, Tuesday was surprisingly strong on a year over year basis. Retail sales rose 8.2% for the month. Gasoline sales actually declined in April from March. Yeah, then why is California now at 6 or almost $7 a gallon now? And why is it that recently the nation just announced that now in... Uh, well, maybe it did go down a little bit. Who knows? Gasoline sales actually declined in April for March as prices temporarily fell before ramping up record levels in May. Okay, so that's pretty true. Spending on gasoline in April surged almost 37% from a year ago, according to the Commerce Department data. The price of gasoline was $3.04 a gallon a year ago, according to AAA. This week, the average price rose to $4 a gallon in all 50 states, according to AAA data. Let me repeat that one more time for people who don't understand things right now, okay? At least if you're new to the podcast. A year ago was $3.04. Now it's $4. Starting to see something here, people? Hmm. Okay. Okay. Now this is another important article. We got to talk about because if you think it's the prices are done going up, you are in for a somewhat rude awakening, potentially. Okay. From yesterday as well, gasoline could top $5 a gallon this summer, causing more pain for customers or consumers, I guess. Yeah. Consumers. Okay. Gasoline prices are a wild card for consumers wallets this summer as as tight supply uncertainty in Ukraine could drive fuel costs sharply higher. Gasoline prices are climbing towards $5, and they've yet, uh, they have seem set to stay high even beyond the peak driving season in July. Already, Yardini research projects households are spending equivalent to 5,000-year on gasoline, which we just talked about, compared to 2,800 a year ago. No, Yardini reported not 2,800, did they? They reported 3,800. They are lying in this article. Ooh, or unless they just made a mistake. It's 3,800 from not 2,800. They are lying here. In a normal summer, gasoline prices rise into May and then peak in the middle of, of the month. Summer driving season kicks off at the end of the month on Memorial Day weekend, with the largest number of, of drivers hitting the road in July, just after the 4th of July holiday. And with inflation running at more than 8%, oh good, inflation's at 8% right now. Drivers are unlikely to catch a break this year. After dipping into in April, the price of gasoline has been rising this month to record levels as oil prices climb. Gasoline experts see prices rising to $5 or more a gallon and, JP and Morgan analysis are even forecasting a national average of $6.20 a gallon in August, which means in California, we're probably gonna be looking at $7 or $8 a gallon. We need energy. We need to start drilling. This is insane, okay? There's potentially going to be riots soon if this keeps going up. There's no way people are going to be happy about this at the rate things are going. You have supply chain issues. You have baby formula issues that are happening across the board. There's going to be a lot of pissed off people soon. And these, this is getting insane, people, okay? Like literally the things we vote for in the past will always determine our future in the market. That is something you need to start remembering. Like this is insane. The national average for unleaded gasoline was at a high at $4 and 56 per gallon Wednesday. According to AAA, that is four cents higher than Tuesday's price at 16 cents per gallon in just a week. And last year was at $3 and four cents quote. The goalposts are moving consist constantly. I think we're probably having somewhere in the neighborhood of one in a three shot of a national average getting to $5, said Patrick Deha- Deha- Dehan Dehane, head of petroleum analysis at GasBuddy. We're definitely heading into a, light, a little higher short term, but we're still waiting to see if the EU sanctions Russians' oil they talked about. They could boost the momentum to getting it close to $5. For the first time, this is crazy too. For the first time ever, the average price for unleaded gasoline was $4 per gallon or above in all 50 states this week. AAA data shows. Due to taxes and other factors, prices vary widely. With California an average of $6.05 per gallon, Florida's average is $4.50 per gallon. This is insane. There's no way people are going to put up with this much longer. There's going to be potential riots soon, people. At least in my opinion, that's going to happen. There's no way this is going to be sustainable. Absolutely no way. And you know what's even sad about this, too? CNBC is reporting like ways to save at the pump going forward. Okay. Like, for instance, th- th- they're reporting like how to save on gas, you track oil, uh, t- uh, track gas prices on Gas Buddy and Gas Guru and AAA and uh, Triptych. To find the cheapest gasoline available. Well, if everything is four plus a gallon, nothing's cheap. I'm sorry to say that. Then they say, pay with cash. The price per gallon can be 10 to 15 cents more per gallon for credit card transactions. Pay with cash instead to get the lower price or use a gas rewards credit card to earn cash back on those charges. Pay with cash for 10 or 15 cents. Okay, that's pretty decent, but that's only 10 or 15%. Okay, drive strategically. Carpooling to and from work and schools or sports practice can dramatically reduce your time on the roads and can even find ride sharing using sites such as ZimRide, RideJoy, or eShare.com. I can almost guarantee you these ride share platforms are going to raise their prices as well because it's getting expensive to, to just buy gas. And finally, sign up for loyalty programs. In addition, loyalty programs, which, may, which major gas station chains have, can help offset the price of the pump. Some grocery chains uh, may also offer cents per gallon rewards. For example, Kroger and Shop and Stop give fuel points for every $1 spent on groceries, which can redeem at participating gas stations. Okay, that's all nice. And I'm not going to lie. That is pretty nice for these ideas. It's not enough. The The answer is simple. We need to drill more. We need to drill as much oil as we can and get it out of the ground. Okay. This is n- this, this is no longer a fun situation to be in. People are not going to want to pay for this anymore, okay? And if you think this is bad now, it's going to continue to get worse, okay? And no matter what a politician says right now, I'm sorry, okay? Oh, it's Russia's fault. Oh, it's this. No, in reality... Policies you guys are enacting in Washington are affecting this across the board and the markets are going to continue be, to be insane going forward. Okay. Retail is probably going to struggle soon again. Okay. They have to report their next earnings next quarter. They're going to struggle most likely. I wouldn't be surprised if layoffs are going to start coming off as well because people are not going to be able to afford things. Okay. Or just to drive to work. I mean, obviously layoffs not are not tied to work situation, but Companies who have to deliver things are going to realize just how much gas is going up and they're going to have to say, well, we got to lay people off, which means more stress for people at work. We need to drill. It's that simple. We need to drill for more oil and we need to do that now before things get insane. But politicians are probably not going to listen and they won't listen until the riots come at their door. It's going to get really bad soon out there, people. In my opinion, it's going to get really, really bad. We need energy. We're going to be in a huge energy crisis soon. Oil is going to keep skyrocketing, most likely. If this energy crisis happens, it's going to be insane. And I'm just baffled by what's going on right now. And I'm sure you are too. And the stock market, who knows what's going to happen at the rate things are going with this. So just keep an eye out for this, people. But it just feels like there's just some very, very dark days ahead before things get better. So and I try not to be doom and gloom on this podcast, but I'm just reporting what I'm seeing and history has a little indicator of what potentially is going to happen. So keep an eye out that keep an eye out for that guys. That being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please help spread the word on this podcast by liking this video or podcast I mean and sharing it with friends or family please also continue to spread this word out so we can get the message out to people to know what is going on in the market right now currently so that people actually know instead of not knowing, I guess, because we need to get this word out so that people understand completely. Please, I, I'm asking you, share this podcast so we can help grow this uh, podcast as fast as we can to get the word out to people. So with that being said, guys, thank you for listening to today's podcast. Thank you and goodbye.